Take Network, Joshua, Adam, William, I was not the Rundown Podcast with the talented, the sexy, the dangerous, the Devonier. Go White Ranger! It's Devin Seal. Oh man, right in the feels already. Man, this is two episodes of this bullshit. Had enough. I know, the 90s are calling. The 90s are hitting us hard. Uh, so, Jason David Frank uh, passed away, 49 years old, unfortunately taking his own life. Um, you know, you can speculate a lot of stuff. He had a divorce that happened in July. So I, I don't want to, you know, the TMZs and all that, they can do that nonsense. Mental health, you know, we are always big proprietors of it here. So it's unfortunate that it was a situation where he thought that was his best way out. So very unfortunate, leaving four kids as well. Um, that this was another one um, as far as the 90s. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. The 90s are going hard. We had Aaron Carter a few weeks ago. Now that one seems like there was a lot of issues there. Kevin Conroy, we talked about last week, taking us off guard. And now um, here losing uh, the White Ranger slash Green Ranger. It uh, definitely hurts hard. I was thinking about this, Dev. So probably in my in my youth, the first great live action television arc of my life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I, so I remember the very first time I saw. I remember the very first episode of Power Rangers on YTV. Yeah, uh, I remember it being hyped, just stupid amounts. And I, I don't even think I was in school full time. Maybe I had just gone to my, you know, maybe I was in kindergarten, grade one, or something like that. And uh, the crew at YTV just hyping this show up, hyping this show mm-hmm. up, you know, talking about it. And then finally, like, just having my little brain, the doors were just blown right off. Yeah. Nothing like, and of course, of course, Power Rangers is like, I'm like a ripoff of all these like super mecha gente shows um, from Japan with American cast. And then it just took the world by storm. It seemed like Power Rangers just like, it's just such a cool novel idea. But then you're right, uh, things were going really, really well. And then it was like, no, here's this mysterious Green Ranger. And then it was like, what's going to happen? What, you know, what happens with this guy? He turns into the White Ranger. Yeah, I remember the reveal when it was the White Ranger. And, you know, this is before, like, I mean, at that point, in the early age, like the two biggest uh, reveals or who could it be was who shot Mr. Burns and the White Ranger. Those were like... <laughs> The two big for like kids, thing, for kids. For yeah. kids, I remember being in the cafeteria and say, "Who could the White Ranger be?" And just like, "Could it be Tommy?" And even for Mister Burns, it's like, "It's this person. It's this person. Is this yeah. person?" That that's one thing. Well, to dissect another day is I don't think people realize how big Who Shot Mister Burns really was as a television arc at times. But that's for another day. But for this White Ranger thing, and the suit just looks so cool and so ba- badass. And I think most people like with the dragon whistle can kind of oh, hum yeah. that at the top of their head right away um and then i mean he did a lot of cool stuff like working in uh, he had an mma line that did pretty good called jesus taps out that did that sold really really well during that like affliction era of mma shirts that a lot of people would buy and mm-hmm. it was a pretty solid brand for that he was decently involved in the mixed martial arts world mm-hmm. there was a point when cm punk had his first fight that he was pitched 
to potentially be the first fight that CM Punk was had because he had been trying to talk to Dana and get involved in that world quite a bit. Mm. So he had a lot of ties to the mixed martial arts world. He, um, on those, um, those battle fights from bat from the sun, he actually portrayed the white Ranger in, uh, in some of them. So that was really cool to see that. Uh, even I believe in that fan fiction Power Rangers film, he portrayed Tommy in that as well. Yes, yeah, I believe yeah. I believe he did as well. Uh, going back to the MMA thing, I believe he created his own sub subsect of of martial arts, or combining some of the you know the best things of a lot yeah. of them. And um, I would like to hope that his last you know his last moments, he was able to to come to terms with the fact that he was just well loved by millions of people and his impact on pop culture for a lot of us at this age was just immense. And uh, you're right. He had other decisions he needed to make in a family life that was really tumultuous, but mm-hmm. uh, there are a few, there were a few things cooler than seeing the green Ranger for the first time. And, yeah. It, uh, it, it's funny, Dev with Kevin Conroy and now with this, you realize like I, when Kevin Conroy passed and all the outpouring, you're like, holy shit, like people love him as much as I love him. And now with Jason David Frank too, like the outpouring was crazy. And you see how important Power Rangers was to our culture. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the movie? Yeah. And how big of a deal that was like, that was a huge deal too. Yeah. I don't even remember if I saw it in theaters. I don't remember. I remember very, very little about it, but I do remember. I remember the ideas of the movie and just, being so blown away that this was a show for kids and how advanced it seemed and you and all your friends wanted to be different color rangers and mm-hmm. then Kimberly it was it, you know, first crush she was in the yeah. she was in that topanga kelly kapowski area like the four 100%. pillars of youth there's the four <laughs> pillars of youth it's like kelly kapowski topanga the pink yeah. ranger and like jennifer love hewitt yeah basically yeah you yeah. could uh Sarah Michelle Geller is Buffy. Sarah like, Michelle Geller, yeah, for like young men that are like, hmm, she's cute. I may like these people. <laughs> it's just sad. I it, Power Rangers is something that I haven't really kept up with. I don't know I should, much about I should it quote anymore. Too, but... Young men and certain young women as well. No, just young people in general is yeah. just really important. And uh, I I I remember very 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 fondly Power Rangers as a child that first season or or yeah. however many seasons the whole cast lasted how however long it was till the movie, um, and uh, it's just just sad sad. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I mean, every year you know this is one of those bad celebrity death years. I think we're kind of at that point now. I think when we look back, like Betty White kind of started us. Well, Betty White died at the start of the year or the very end of the year last year. Uh, I kind of consider it both. Yeah. So Betty White kind of got to start. We didn't even talk about someone like Angela Lansbury that passed away. And I remember watching some murders I wrote when I got home from, from school. So the 90s oh, ones yes. hit hard. The 90s ones hit hard because these are influential characters and actors to when you grow up. Right. So mm-hmm. that part, I think, is hitting hard when you have someone like Kevin Conroy and the Right Rangers. Those are two influential 90s pop culture characters with Batman and with Power Rangers in that way. So RIP to him. I'm hoping that he finds peace and everything uh, where he's going just 49 years old. And I will say this, it's it did bring this to my mind, Devin, of like someone would look at his career and it's like, oh, he was just a B-list Power Rangers actor who gives a shit. And it's one of those things of like, if he could see the impact 
of what happened after he died, maybe he wouldn't have taken his own life because he saw how much of the outpouring of how important he was to everyone. But that's a philosophical question that you can just never really ask and 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 really know the answer to. Yeah, I don't know if it has anything to do with his uh, like he was a beloved uh, comic expo circuiter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, you're right. We have no idea what that's like. Um, like like you mentioned, he was going through some marital problems and and things of that nature. So I don't want to speculate. It's just it is what it is, and um, we lost a good one. But I, we've talked about this before, and just how kind of last kind of last week about. Batman being so popular because it was it was we we existed at a time with global reach, but at the same time there also wasn't that much on comparatively yeah. speaking, um, and so the the reason why we hold all these '90s people together is because they hit stratospheres that celebrities had never ever ever reached before, really, unless you're Muhammad Ali. Uh, so in reality, everyone today. everyone's gonna everyone's gonna start losing people that they grew up with very very soon. Yeah. Um, it's just a kind of a matter of uh, when, not if. And today was uh, his turn. Yeah. So RIP there. Um, do you want to go to the shows or do you want to do this Disney theme? So the Disney thing. Okay. So Iger is back, baby. Chopek oh. is gone. And uh, some decisions that he made that I didn't realize today too is he's the one that got rid of the Disney stores. Chopek did. He thought it'd just be easier to have Disney products in a Target or a Walmart to sell than have the Disney store itself. I mean, that's not that's from from a business standpoint, he's not wrong. Um, As far as a magical sense, he's very wrong. Well, sure. And from what I understand, he was chosen as a someone as someone with with a business sense. Yeah, and a lot of the business sense. I mean, he was charging certain surpluses for rides at Disney. That sounds like that's going to be gone. He him in charge of these Disney uh, genie passes in the parks. Yeah. I mean, a lot of parts. Look, as someone that potentially could be going to Disneyland in the next handful of days here that hasn't bought passes, I like carefully be like, is it going to drop? Like, are they going to do like this random immediately? Like, holiday, like this holiday drop all of a sudden to be like, right. hey, come, come to Disney for the holidays. But not like worded in the way that JPEG looks bad, that or like just to make it look like, hey, like this is what happened, and just to get an immediate effect of Iger. Well, does it matter if he looks bad or not? He's out, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, so yeah, it just, but an immediate, just an immediate effect of like one of the things you and I have probably heard the last few days is they had that conference about two weeks ago. It's when the stock had dropped. And the one thing Iger would always be like is like, well, we're doing this Avengers movie or we're bringing this to the parks or we're doing blank and deflect deflect. He was the master of deflecting at times that things were like negative and people would get excited and not really focus on the negative side of things. And JPEG, when they had this last meeting, he was just like, Oh, we lost. It is what it is. It's like, eh. and so Disney's a luxury brand more or less. And Disney's the kind of thing where yes, they make more money than than God. Um, the question is, is in order to preserve the luxury feel or the way that we as as the consumers feel about Disney, do they need to take losses on certain things? But because they're a publicly traded company and the stocks, you know, one of the lowest points in like 40 years, yeah. Um, 
do the do the shareholders agree with that philosophy? So, from a business standpoint, what Chapek was doing was a lot of times probably the correct move, mm-hmm. but you're losing the the Disney aspect of it. Well, even the don't say gay bill, where it was a good call by him for what he was going to do, but yeah. it's the Jordan Republicans buy sneakers too mentality, right? So. By doing what he did, you're isolating a brand of people away from the park, whether you're doing the right thing. And I believe he was. But by doing that, he turned Disney into a it's safe. It's for everybody situation. Safe's not the right word. Um, but so then he turned certain right wing people against them being like, well, fuck Disney. If they're taking the stand against this stuff, I don't want anything to do with it. And that I think that played a factor of him with the back and forth with DeSantis that played a huge factor in how things going. I don't know how Iger would have played it as well, because there should be progression in these Disney films. We're in this new age where everyone should be accepted and we don't want to block anybody else. And I get where Chapek was coming from, but he didn't handle it the best way that he could have. And it deflect and it, it took away from having people that buy into Disney and had some people separate themselves away from that brand because of their views that they look at, whether we agree with them or not. And that separated them away from the Disney brand and that helped with the drop as well. Absolutely. The other one that was also kind of interesting that we talked a lot about was the Scarlett Johansson one. That's the other one. He handled that really poorly too. Where, I mean, I remember even in, in, in our pods in the pandemic, having watched Black Widow on Disney plus was just like, just pair pair whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it isn't it way more important? Well, to, plus because keep... we had the HBO thing with Patty and Gal as well yeah. to kind of showcase what this could what this means. But you need and to that's do. that's one of those decisions where, from a business standpoint, you know, Chapek is probably right. We don't know. We need to pay you. You know, your salaries based on ticket sales. Uh, we moved to streaming, therefore, we don't know how many tickets we would have sold but at the same time we can give you a profit of how many new subscribers we have etc 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 it's the same at the parks thing right like <clears throat> coming to the park i'm going to charge you more money because you're already in the park and you're going to do it yeah i get it but that's also going to piss people off yeah um disney's come is at a really weird crux right now where they have kind of a lot of fingers and a lot of pies um also which what we've been finding out is a streaming hosting a streaming service is very, 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 very expensive. And someone needs to fund that, whether they're going to sell off certain parts of their business that are less aspirational or, you know, one of the, one of the extremes is that they get bought by Apple or Amazon or something like that. The other extreme that they, they sell off ESPN or they sell off something along those lines. And then, you know, the timing's interesting. A lot of people have speculated why, Tiger's back, but is it because is it they're buying something or is it because they're selling something? Yeah, and it's interesting you bring up the point of selling. And some people, like there was the Apple stuff that was going around yesterday of Apple would buy them. I'm like, what did they buy Apple? It's like, no. And it works to benefit to <laughs> Nothing be, can buy Apple. No, it'd be better for them to be bought by Apple. This is yeah. kind of an example of what happened to WWE. Now, different company than Disney, but the most profitable wrestling organization, one of the most profitable sports organizations in the world. And this plays into what I think the NBA is going to do uh, and uh, when their rights come up. The WWE sold their streaming service to Peacock, to NBC yeah. Universal, right? So they don't okay. have to worry about any of the money going into the network anymore. It's all Peacock. They bought the rights to showcase mm. off WrestleMania and SummerSlam and all this stuff. So I wonder, 
Same with the NBA. Well, League Pass does, you know, relatively well and everything like that, you know, like their rights are going to come up here, Devin, and they're going to get a lot of money. And NFL rights are coming up as well. I wonder with some of these companies, if they're going to be like, well, it'd be better for us to sell an NBA League Pass to ESPN, to Amazon, to Netflix. They can run the thing and then it's not on us and they're paying us for the profit the same way that we would give rights to ABC, NBC, so on and so forth. So I wonder for Disney is one of the one of the ideas that was talked about is you sell ESPN off, you buy a Netflix, for example, or mm-hmm. whatever, and then you could use that to buy in sports properties that way as well. You aren't using because the cable side of things is slowly dying and everything like that. And the problem with ESPN plus in the States is the main reason you get it is for mixed martial arts pay-per-views for UFC pay-per-views. And you still have to pay a premium on top of that pay-per-view price and you get it. On top of that, there's not a lot of stuff in ESPN outside of like some 30 for 30s and documentaries that you're really going to get. There's no added surplus of, oh, yeah, it has this and this and this and this. There's not really that incentive there to put on top of all that. Disney Plus has the lower buy-in. And we've already seen it up here in Canada because we don't have a choice because of right issues at CanCon and people in England and outside of the States have seen it is the slow... Uh, crunching in of having Disney start up here, which is kind of our Hulu, and folding in to one entity, which I think is the next thing going to come. For the states, there's problems with buying Comcast stuff and right. getting the rights to that to put onto that. But that's, I think, could be the next mold we see too, as Hulu is probably not meant for this world uh, for the ne- in, in two years. You would, you would think that Disney would buy up that remaining stock, fold it in, and then one of the most interesting things about this case study is that Disney is like how easy it is to access Disney things for the most part. Right. Yeah. Like, um, you, you basically go through Disney for a lot of things in our lives, uh, entertainment wise. Um, the NBA ESPN, those things are kind of like, are those really the main drivers of the business compared to Pixar, Marvel, uh, Star Wars, probably not, right? So, um, at the same time, <clears throat> sorry, I'm frogging my throat. The ABC stuff is interesting, right? Do you keep Do you keep a cable television company? Do you get rid of that? Do you want you Do you even want to bid on the NBA? Um, I don't see necessarily Disney selling ABC or ESPN and then trying to bid on other sports rights. That, that seems way there's too confusing. There's things that they can get that is important from there. They can have Monday Night Football and show the Avatar trailer to bring in eyes during Monday Night Football. They can show a Star Wars trailer, a Marvel trailer. So I think having that entity of having that platform is still important. Well, yeah, you're kind of like, it's kind of like a built-in advertising agency for a wide audience. Um, The other thing that we're forgetting too is that Disney people, and by people, I mean fans, are kind of different than everybody else, right? Uh, I'd say you are probably one of them. Um, people who set up adult, baby. yeah Disney people um, like we don't have a Paramount per- we don't have Paramount fans we don't have uh, Universal no. fans we're we called have... Disney adults thank you very much okay well I, whatever it doesn't matter so for the vast majority of properties that they produce create business ventures that they have it doesn't really matter because the Disney people are already bought in so you have yeah. to basically you have to convince the rest of the world that you need to go see avatar because the disney people or or star wars or marvel or whatever 
Um, but I anticipate the Iger thing is, is a buy or a sell, um, probably a bit of both, right? Mm -hmm. What would you sell off in order to then like the, the thing that we hear a lot about on the town podcast is them buying into gaming that Disney has tried gaming before didn't go very well. So then what kind of developers are out there that you could buy that would make such a big splash? Because so I, I have my pitch. I have my pitch. Is it, it's not like it can be Bioware. It can't be, you know, so there, there's, there's, there's three things I would do if I could look at for, for Disney. Um, number one is buy Netflix, but I don't see the profitability of really buying Netflix because if you're in Disney, you still want to have the sense of having IP and all you're really getting is stranger things. And as, as big a stranger thing is like, you're not going to have getting the IP of the crown is it doesn't matter. So I don't, I think Netflix, Disney should stay clear of getting with Netflix. All Netflix is the one thing you're getting from Netflix is you're getting the brand name of Netflix. Number two is the one that we've heard going around that app would buy them. Like I talked about with WWE, that's profitable because they'll take care of your streaming. They'll show your shows and they'll pay you for it. And that's, that's, that's easy peasy. The third one is the brand. That's the last mojito. The last one that's just chilling out there waiting for everyone to buy it, which is Sony. You buy Sony and you're in charge of that at the side of the gaming studio. Wow. PlayStation exclusives would be a lot crazier if they if Sony. Yeah. And then for Disney too, you're gonna have rights to yeah, God exactly. War, uh Last of Us, all that kind of uh, Uncharted, well, not, all that. Okay, so you talk you're talking about so Sony exists in a lot of different divisions. You're buying you... Sony. You're buying the whole enchilada. You're buying the the film division and the video game division. Okay, so I was going to say there's also and a lot Sony of Sony Entertainment. You are buying Sony Entertainment. Because the other thing that I don't think Disney wants to do is get into hardware. No, no. You let Sony still take care of it, but you're into Sony Entertainment. So you have the oh. rights to, you know, doing the games and all that kind of stuff. But as far as like the hardware, you tell Sony, like you make your PS6s or ps vita 2 or whatever you want to do that's all you okay so basically it's like what when disney bought that little subsection of fox yeah but um, like if we want to produce like a new epic mickey game that's a sony exclusive right. or if we decide to you know do marvel games going forward you have the right star wars games you have the right sony because you're with we own you now so what kind of I don't know what the answer is. What kind of weird antitrust things would there be if, if a lot if a Disney lot. bought Sony because they've already bought Fox a lot. So basically, you have Paramount, Universal, uh, Disney. That's kind of a, a, like Lionsgate, A twenty four. That's about it. Like who's making movies nowadays? It pretty much is like Paramount, Warner Brothers, and Disney. Yeah basically. So I don't know if that necessarily goes through. I don't see them expanding into their movie. Like their movies, their movie division is big enough. They basically redesigned how we go see movies. We've talked about it on our podcast the last like yeah. five years, right? We've lost the adult political thriller drama that was $30 million to make in favor of going to $2 billion Marvel movies. Yeah. So I don't see them, I don't see them expanding their movie business more. Uh, I see, I see them streamlining their sports getting rid of cable television getting into gaming yeah. uh disney and then apple buying disney as well would be another weird antitrust thing like that those would be it, it's basically the biggest tech company buying the biggest one of the biggest media companies yeah. um 
Although that are would they make... buying, are they buying? Are they buying like Disney entertainment properties? Or are they buying the parks and everything? That yeah, about? because Disney doesn't. I don't think we have to think about this too. Is just because Apple could buy anything that they want doesn't mean yes. that they're going to buy uh, a cruise line. This isn't. Yeah. This isn't some weird like. Without the 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 family of the Roy's, all of these conversations are basically succession. Mm-hmm. Why would you buy into parks? Why would you buy into cruise lines? Why would you buy into cable television if you're Apple? When in reality, you just want to buy technology and you want to sell hardware. So it actually makes a lot more sense for Apple to buy someone like HBO, which has been bought and sold so however many times. I mean, could you imagine if HBO is on Apple TV Plus? It would be such a game changer. Um, at the same time, Apple buy you know Apple buying Disney Plus, like and then just buying all the movie rights from disney is kind of weird too i mean there's all obviously there's a relationship there a lot of the board members sit on both uh pixar was owned by apple or funded by steve jobs a long time ago Mm -hmm. so there's already there's already such a great relationship there right um when you think about all these like aspirational brands or like all these top level brands collaborating is really 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 easy like apple isn't apple's so big they get to pick who they want to go to bed with yeah. And same thing with Disney. So it just makes sense when, you know, when you look at all these, when you look at all these Disney plus shows, what technology is in them? It's all iPhones. It's all yeah. Mac. It's all iPads. Yeah. Why? Because, because they're basically the two, the two pioneers of their divisions working together and just making a super company. Anyways, they just don't have it. They just don't, they're not owned by the same person. And you know why it makes more sense for Apple to do it? Because Apple, the one thing Apple lacks for Apple TV, where they do have great exclusives like having Ted Lasso or Severance. They got like three. And, and, and yeah, they're building their repertoire, right? Of having stuff, but they don't have a catalog. Like, you know, like you'll go, say, yeah. oh, Mr. Quest is on tonight. I'll go watch Mr. Quest. Oh, Ted Lasso's on. I'll go watch Ted Lasso. But you don't stay there. If you're able to get that Disney library that has all those properties and the FX properties and everything, you will go to Apple a lot more. And again, for Disney, I think it's a profitable situation for them of the streaming battle. Uh, I think everybody just went in head first, right? We're all doing it. It's, this is go, 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 go. Whereas like, you know, like, you know, this week, the last two weeks of I've had a friend, family, like, how do I watch Yellowstone? How do I watch Yellowstone? It's like, well, you have to get it on Paramount. Oh, another streaming service that I have to get just to watch Yellowstone. Cause apparently Yellowstone used to be on Amazon, but now Paramount is, it's their show. Mm. So they've taken full control sure. of Paramount back. So, and yeah, and I believe Paramount used to be like five bucks and now it's up to like 10. Yeah. It used to be really cheap. So I, I have no interest in, I mean, we'll get to it on our year end. I'm pretty sure Paramount is going to win worst streaming service this year. Cause it's just not like any show they've had is just not really worked. And they're another, not to get off the rails here, Deb, but that's, that's someone that, um i guess he blend with discovery hbo or right you know or go to peacock they could just kind of because those two seem like the last ones like if we're looking in five years last company standing we're assuming whatever hbo does they'll be around right in some form where whoever they're going to be because hbo can sell because realistically they just have a track record of 20 plus years of building the best shows so that's going to keep hbo around and you're going to want that hbo library uh, Netflix has built the brand, so they'll stay around one way or another. And then Disney's there, and then Amazon because Amazon is just it's it's all it's it's all caviar for them. They don't really give a shit. Like you're gonna you're gonna get Prime because you're gonna get Prime. So we don't really give a shit. Hmm. I don't. 
Yeah, we're and in. And that leaves we're, a peacock. We're... That leaves a peacock and a paramount and shutter and all these other ones of like, where are you guys gonna go? Well, shutter is owned by someone, I, I believe. They uh, are. Not... That's why I, I hesitated to even say it there. Just because companies can buy other companies doesn't mean they should or they would. Um, I see. Like, I would it really make sense for like netflix to buy like paramount for example or like we're just spitballing here these are things that are not like there's so much more there's so much there's so more complicated than just what you need to what needs to happen is you need to find a company that's willing to sell off all the infrastructure that they purchase and they invested like billions of dollars into and and for a lot of these companies have taken huge losses on just so that they can sell their catalog to a competitor that's yeah. kind of weird so in reality i see I don't know how much room we have for more streaming services, but at the same time, I don't think we're going to, like in, in five years, we're going to have two streaming services that just own everything. It just doesn't no, work. I, like- no, I don't think that. I, I just think those four, those core four, and then I don't know what happens to the other ones. Those are the ones I can trust on the most. Peacock, they have WWE, they have The Office on there, but I don't think having The Office on there means the same that when The Office was on Netflix, because... It's just, you know, I think uh, they were saying on the town about 44 subscribe, 44 million subscribers to Peacock, which is better than I thought. And I'm assuming, I mean, WWE brought a good chunk of those over as well. And okay. they, have Premier, I mean, they have Premier League Soccer on there as yeah. well. So I think a big point of what Peacock is getting is because of them having WWE and having soccer on there. I think that's a big point of why they're able to have what they have. Well, those are those are both those are both not Disney properties. No, I'm I'm just talking about from their side of things. I'm not talking about the yeah. Disney side. No, they're they're doing all right. And the reason the- Disney to come back to Disney that the, they have to figure things out, like the one of the model I would say is one Star Wars show, one Marvel show a year. You make it feel like a bigger deal. Also, you're not taking the profit losses. When this year we had three Star Wars shows and three Marvel shows. Something like that, yeah, at least. Oh, four, technically, because of Werewolf by Night. And then technically with this. So five Marvel properties in live action, because Guardians is on, on Friday. Oh, yeah. We'll so be, five, yeah. five Star Wars, three, um, five, three Star Wars, five Marvel live action. You're going to take a loss on that because there's no one. You're, you're really just bringing in for the subscriber side. There are not people going to a theater to give you money back for Andor, for example. So I, that's the next thing I would do is as much as you want this linear storytelling specifically for the MCU, I think rail that back and be like, this is the event. Secret Wars is the 2023 show. You can't miss it. This is the one Marvel yeah. show that we have this year. Ahsoka is the 2023 show. You can't miss it this year. 2024 is Skeleton Crew. 2024 is Daredevil. Like you build it up like that. Like yeah. These are the shows that we have. And stop overlapping with each other. Like, yeah, that was hell. a big mistake too. The Obi One and the Miss Marvel catastrophe was really bad. Well, we're talking about the creative side of things, which Iger tends to excel at. Uh, He's better getting he, creatives. It, let them let them cook. Where yeah, and that was another would thing. Give notes to Feige, and Feige obviously didn't like that. <laughs> You mean the robot fight? You mean yeah, the robot, robot Kevin? He turned um, into a robot from all the notes that Cheapak gave him. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Disney's. Disney's a case study of what 
of, of like, is it too many cooks in the kitchen? Is it is it spread too thin? Is it, but at the same time, also the legacy of Disney is basically untouchable. Like, I don't know what Disney would have to do in order to be to to fall off, like out of out of that brand identity spot that we hold, like Louis Vuitton, uh, Louis Vuitton, the NBA, HBO. Disney, Apple, like those are all like basically the most popular brands in the world for good reason. So uh, I know that Disney was having some troubles in the like you know the late two thousands, early twenty tens because they're you know but basically before they bought Star Wars, before they bought Marvel, but uh, they're in a position now where they're almost too big to fail. But they need to innovate, and I think you're right. Having four, like it seems like Phase Four was the biggest phase of Marvel by far when you include all the different TV shows, all the different ancillary products, and. Uh, I was talking to my parents recently about it and my mom had talked about how basically everything was just so confusing now. Like you, you need to figure out where everything fits in. Like, and you kind of need like a, like a basic degree in order to even understand or how all these shows. Fit well, it's like we told Adam for Wakanda, are. right? Like minor spoiler for Wakanda. Val, Valentina's in it, right? So Valentina's in Black Panther. And so when I, Adam's like, okay, do, yeah. what do I need to know? Like, well, there's kind of one deep cut. And I was like, and he said, well, I kind of figured that she was his FBI agent. So I'm like, still, I think there's a context of everything you got from Valentina in the past that's going to be a miss for people. Well, the other thing, too, is like, so they're going to toe the line between, are they going to explain it in the movie again, even though they explained it in the TV they show? They don't. No, they just have to know she's yeah. an FBI, like, kind of agent or whatever she is. But, but it's it's going to be heavily implied it's going to take away from the actual story of, of Wakanda. oh it's the worst part of the movie it's 20 minutes it didn't need to be in the movie really wow it's, it's that that's 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 the biggest critique of black panther is the 20 minutes of valentina stuff which you need because it's going to help with with uh captain four and cap four and and with thunderbolts like it's part of what they need to do for their linear storytelling right. but it's 20 minutes that probably would have been better in a two-hour 40-minute movie that didn't that the movie would have worked without it better but i get why marvel needs to put it in because that's the storytelling that you're getting yeah it's really hard to see the forest through the trees with with marvel i think you know i'll, I'll give star wars a lot of credit for how precise their storytelling is like yes they have a lot of cameos and a little bit of fan service here and there but i don't have i generally don't have a lot of situations where it's like oh you need to watch you need to watch this show to understand this character like yeah we saw with cad bane a little bit but at the same time cad bane wasn't really given such integral parts of the story to push other things forward as a badass outlaw we have more connection from rebels and clone wars but it doesn't take away from the the noob let's just say watching it for the first time exactly so i'll give star wars credit for that i think marvel's at a point now and we've talked about this many times before you're in or you're uh, out it's not even it, well it, you could be halfway in like i've watched everything marvel's done i'm generally well-rounded i know what's going on but at the same time my partner has watched the first few handful of shows in the pandemic we've watched all the movies uh, up to this point up to wakanda but at the same time there's just this lack of connection for her for these for a lot of these new characters just like like everybody else but it's like oh yeah that remember remember this person how is supposed to be in this show and then remember this and then this and then this well even wakanda is a backdoor palette for riri williams right so when you go to ironheart you're going to be like oh i remember riri from wakanda yeah and i'm just wondering if 
And you know, this this is kind of one of the problems of, of comic books too, right? Where they had this great arc in Iron Man, for example, mm-hmm. but then you had to go read four issues of Thor mm-hmm. in the middle of a different arc in order to make this sense when they this person shows up and that person shows up. So there's some there, we're we're towing this line of like peak Marvel where, and they've already started seeing it, right? Like critically, Phase Four has been the worst of all the phases. Um, none of their properties really seem to have really hit the same Wakanda. level as Wakanda did. No, I, I understand that, but like, is Wakanda two, or sorry, Black Panther two, the same level of popularity as like Iron Man one, for example? It's up there. It's up there, but are are we sure? Um, and it's because and and partly partly yeah, Chadwick's dead, you know, R.I.P. But if I was someone who stopped, who let's say I had a kid last year and I haven't watched Marvel for like a whole year, and it's like, oh, I really want to watch Black Panther two. What do I need to know? Well, there was like seven shows, a Halloween special, Doctor Strange, and it's like, wow, like, eh. No, I mean, impact, you're fine. Though, you, don't, you you just have to see Black Panther one for Black Panther. That's all you really need to see. Well, the, you said the Valentina stuff, but Valentina is the other thing. Weird thing is Valentina doesn't really get a whole lot of character development in Falcon Winter Soldier anyway. So it's like, like, like why I are we said, spending all they, this time? They do a for... good job at just making her look like this agent. You get more insight. Well, she is an agent. Watch the show. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But if you if you watch those other properties, you're going to have right. more insight in who Val is. But it's not the end of the world. I don't think it takes away from if if I was making them if it was a standalone movie, and you're doing a toe for grace edit. It's pretty safe to say that Riri Williams and Val would be not in the wouldn't be in the movie. I really want to watch that Topher Grace Star Wars thing, but I think there was a lot yeah. of legal action. He's another him. one he made now of the the sequel, and he got it down to like an hour and forty minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, I'm never going to warm up to the sequels. I'm never going to. I'm not going to say that. Sorry, I like the characters of the sequels. I'm not going to warm up to the story beats of the sequels, but. Um, if you dug around there, there's a, there's a couple of nuggets, but anyways, yeah. we're we're getting we're we're way off track. From, yeah. So the, the bottom Disney. line is, Iger, you know, one of the the last thing I'll just say is, the only failure that he really had was his succession plan because that was JPEG and it was a failure. So now he's going to have they say two. I say it'll be more like three. That he'll come in, try to figure these things out. He's seventy one years old, and you know there was a lot of things that were rumored for him, maybe running for the maybe running for the presidency, maybe buying the Suns. But at the end of the day, I think he still wants to be in the grind of everything. And the streaming stuff right now, everybody's losing money on streaming. Sure. So he's going to be at a point where, I mean, he's going to come off now too of being around Disney when these Avatar movies are going to come out. And just like, do not mistake in it that they open to China mysteriously two days after Iger comes back. Is that is that a thing? I think it's, I think that helps. Like two days after Iger comes back, it comes back to China. Like they they have not had any movie in China since just before the pandemic. And now Avatar is back there. Well, I got a question for you. Would you rather own the Suns or or be the head of Disney? Um, Be the head of Disney. Yeah, exactly. So would you rather be the president or be the head of Disney? Be the head of Disney. Yeah, you know, that's a tough one. these these and these people are also hyper competitive. They're hype, you know, they're hyper driven. Uh, I don't know if you know a real retired life of just sitting around and going to galas and you know sitting in your big mansion is really the life for him. So, yeah, you know, I I for one I for one you know 
I liked where Disney was headed. Uh, generally speaking, under his tutelage, he's been around. He's basically been the face of Disney for the last for since for the 21st century, right? So he's ridden some ups and downs, but I think he uh, he's navigated the 20 you know the the 2010s and 2020s fairly well. Uh, Disney is a lot more important in my life than I thought it was going to be as a young adult because there was a period of time where I did stop watching Pixar movies and I does I I. Had not I, I still haven't seen many of the Disney movies in the last 15 years. Um, but the fact that I use the app, I use Disney Plus almost on a day-to-day basis is, uh, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I guess the last thing is, and some people are like, whoa, we're going to blame Phase 4 on, Ch- on, Ch- on Chapek because he gave notes to Feige of stuff that he wanted to do. And there's also people that are like, yeah. well, Dare- Deadpool's going to suck now. Because Iger wants things to be fam- family friendly. No, he doesn't. He was very clear when they got the acquisition of Marvel that Deadpool would be rated R and be the movie that it can be. What indications do we have that that Iger would have toned things down or that he would have? Uh, first of all, Phase Phase Four has been in, in production for a really, really long time, yeah. including when Iger was around. So I am not blaming phase four on Chapek. Yeah, okay. So the guy gave some notes to Feige and he probably looked at him and threw him in the garbage can. Or maybe yeah. he included one, like, you know, maybe he gave him one or two things. Uh, maybe he gave him three or four things and, and Feige used uh, one or two of them. We didn't. We have no friggin' idea. So I think to blame the successes or failures of one particular um, department of Disney on the CEO is really weird because he's, he's worried about the bigger picture, right? Um, now, if we're talking about Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams, that's a different story. We're talking yeah. about we're talking about their boss. Their boss was Iger and Chapek. So it, it's I think that's kind of that's kind of an easy way out. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a cop out. I, I I like this phase more than most people did. So is what it is. But uh, yeah, huge news there that Iger's going to come back, and we will see how he writes. My, I guess my last guess uh, question is Devin. So I said what the buy sell thing. What are you? What are your? What's your predictions before we move on here? I just think he's buying a video game company. Okay. Who do you think? Maybe I was on the market anymore. Half of them are owned by half of them are owned by PlayStation, <laughs> and half of them are owned by Xbox. So, yeah. um, who's really left that would leave an indelible mark that would ha- handle the IP properties really well? Like, EA. Well, EA Blizzard is. Um, All right. Is Microsoft, is it not? Right. Um, I don't know if e- EA is. Well, Blizzard is. Isn't EA and Blizzard uh, together? Let's take a look really quickly here. Uh, EA Sports. It's in the game. Because mm. I'm pretty sure... Well, doesn't WB also have to want to sell off some of their stuff? Well, the hard part is they keep making video. They keep making like superhero games. Disney's gonna buy NetherRealm. Hmm. Can't wait mm-hmm. for the Scorpion plushie. So it says that you know Disney has a partnership and in, in, you know, on Wikipedia, I don't know who owns them. Maybe EA, but I thought EA was owned by uh, Xbox. Well, Xbox has the so EA Play has kind of like their own version of of Netflix for EA games on yeah. streaming, right? I think that's probably that's. I think that's I think part they of get what, priority, uh, kind of the way now that Sony does with Activision. Yes, yeah, yeah, I think that's something along those lines. It's like some kind of weird partnership. So if you Maybe. pay for Xbox game level golds, you get EA. The games. ultimate flex would be for Sony to buy Nintendo. I don't think that's possible. 
I don't think so either. I think they're too big. And well, then they have the deal with Universal right now too. Yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing too is like if you're Nintendo, why would you want to sell? Why would you want to be sold by anybody? Like you're so first of all, video games. You want to talk about trust issues? Nintendo to Disney, that's a trust issue right there. Yeah, first of all, Nintendo doesn't give two shits about like people owning them because video games are the most popular form of entertainment in the world right now. Yeah. When, like just think of just think of this Call of Duty release. This Call of Duty release is bigger than a movie. Yeah. Several by several times over. The idea of that, like Warzone, which they slap together with uh, like basically by combining multiplayer maps and then throwing in some friggin' uh, helicopters, made more money than any movie ever in two years. Hmm. Why would you say no to those things? You know, why would you let some other somebody else have those uh, you know pieces to the to that kingdom? So same thing. Like if you own if you own if you own Zelda, like you know how many switches they've sold? Like friggin' like. 50 million switches like come on yep yep i think that's that's the most profitable way to go all right let's move on to the shows let's stay with disney Andor finale aired today uh it aired at midnight or 1201 wherever your time zone is what'd you think really good uh yeah i don't think it's the 10 ign gave it Mm. um but it's you know it's it was really really good uh kind of you know the spark of the Rebel Alliance, did you did you watch the Stinger Dev? Oh, of course. Yeah, the Stinger was like, ah, son of a gun. So I do wonder if Mads will be in season two. Hard to say because it's already been mostly completed. So how you know? Will we have Jin or so? Will we have like like that's the question. I think some people ask is some of those characters will be in. We know K two S O will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, we can talk about that stuff afterwards. I just thought this was a good. This was a good show of number one stormtroopers. They can oh. aim. They did it. Yes. Hey man, stormtroopers are actually really, really, really scary. Now let's talk yeah. about death troopers because that one guy got got real good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm also disappointed, dude. The kid kicked out of the bell tower. Where was Wilhelm at? Where's the Wilhelm screen? Yeah, that was a uh, maybe that was, was maybe they maybe they were saving that one for it was us. The that week was, a, was like ah. Uh, so this episode is at least a nine. This episode's a very, yes. very good episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just kept thinking to myself, basically the whole time I was watching this episode was, why wasn't this episode six or five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why did I have to watch four episodes of kind of bullshit? And I'm, I'm not going to stay, stay away from it now because Andor was a really well-crafted show with a story that was too long, which is just re- really weird to say, but that's my honest opinion of it. Um, because the ending was impactful. The characters actually kind of changed and did things that made sense. Uh, Cassian himself changed as a person rather than being this mopey asshole for like another three episodes. And we actually got, and I'm not saying I needed action per se, but things happened. Like, this whole show was like the spark of rebellion, right? And now we finally got some rebellion on Ferrick. So now what's going to happen? Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be civil war? Is it going to be, is it going to be one of these places where the empire comes down really hard and wipes everybody out, which then inspires other star systems? Hard to say. But those are the questions I came out of this episode with more so than the other episodes. 
well, we know Skarsgård isn't going to kill him, so I wonder what's going to happen. Like, what's like, I'm assuming those two are like team together or whatever. Well, some something very something very important happened to Cassie in this episode, and we don't see it on screen. If you listen to uh, the manifesto previous uh, in, in any kind of previous parts of the story, but he listened to it now. And so finally he, he, he sees what that young individual in the, in the robbery saw. He believes in the cause. Now, hmm. previously he was just a disruptor. Now he's, he's a rebel. Uh, I think Luthen, his plan almost worked too well. Yeah. Because he's in, he not only he in, not only he inspired Cassian, but he inspired a whole planet to uprise. And and Luthen's whole thing is about starting these small fires all over the place that eventually grow into bigger fires. Um, mm-hmm. So they both kind of see the value of the human element, the the emotional aspect of rebellion. And so yes, they're going to work together now. Is Cassian going to be, you know, introduced to Saw Gerrera next season? I, nice. I have no idea. Deception. I hope not. Uh, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to see any Anto Krieger rebellion action, but mm-hmm. probably for the yeah, best. There's a little bit of a. Is he a spy then, or what's going on there? What's that? Uh, the one dude that was uh, that talked to Mom Mothma. Oh, the uh, so you're talking about you're talking about the the driver. Yeah, the driver has been a spy the whole time. Yeah. Uh, now is he a double agent for the rebellion? I don't think so. I think what had happened was uh, he was being talked to by the guy who by the guy who used to run Ferrix, and he was interrupted. And they said Krieger, like as in they they know he was going to attack. He was just alerting his friend. I don't, he wasn't calling him Krieger. He was just a, he was just telling his colleague oh, okay. Krieger right. was attacking. Um, which has some really interesting moral implications there with Luth and stuff, but that's one of the better parts of the show. I kind of want to talk about the Mon Mothma gambling thing for a second yeah, here. Do it. Okay, so she's trying to hide her her monetary withdrawal w- withdrawals to fund these empires or these rebellions. She knows the the driver is a spy. We we know that she knows. Okay. Number one. Is her husband was her husband actually gambling, and she was in on and so was her husband actually gambling? Is the real question. Mm-hmm. Number two, does he do it as like a fake? Right, he does it to help take suspicion off of her. Mm-hmm. So is he in on it, or was she just lying to everybody to kind of cast suspicion on everybody? I think the last one there. Now, is she doing that? And also, she caught him gambling. Like, is she all like? Is she generally? I think, I think she had it? something, so she used it. Right now, that's a story thread that I think could have used a little bit more development through the whole series if we want to get into there. Because something you're going to forget when the show comes back in 2024. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's just it was one of those interesting ones where the more I looked into her conversation in her flying car with her husband, I was like, is he 
playing this as well? Are they actually on the same team this whole time? Uh, or is he actually gambling and she's using that to cover up her own things and she's playing her husband like a pawn and mm-hmm. she's playing the cab driver like a pawn? Or is she just like uh, totally on an island all by herself? Yeah. And we don't have any answers to those, but those are interesting questions that I had. Yep. I think that's a lot to consider there. Because if he um, was, if her husband, like this would be such an interesting wrinkle would be if her husband was on her side the whole time and all yeah. of this like marital problems were just like them acting. Just a front. Just a front. Yes. Wouldn't that yeah. be crazy? That'd be really, mm-hmm. really cool. But it seems like there's a lot more, it seems like there's some complicated relationship stuff between them. So my daughter think... still sucks so much though. <laughs> well, she's going to get married off so yeah. that, so that Mon Mothma can fund the rebellion so she's sacrificing her personal morals and her personal life and her and her family's happiness uh in order to fight the good fight i guess uh also shouts to cyril i thought he was gonna smooch deidre for a second there oh my goodness that they were building up to that for just seconds and i was just like oh this is gonna be the weirdest ugliest kiss uh deidre's facial expression she basically has the facial expression of Robert De Niro. Like she's always she's always smiling upside down. Like her face this rebellion. Goes, talk about this rebellion. No, her face goes like this all <laughs> the time. And it's like so unnatural to me. But yeah, his 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 stuff was kind of bullshit. I'm glad he got I'm glad enough to see his mom for another episode. You it's like me. <laughs> yeah, what is going on? That part I think is one of the weaker aspects of the story. Also, what was the hat thing? Why did they switch hats? I was so Random. information was oh, it okay I'm, no, like I'm, when, they're, when they're on the bus yeah because they the, both look on the inside of the hat and there's information oh, okay. okay i didn't see that uh, thank you for picking that up i was like what is this this is so weird can we just talk about how uh the rebellion basically got started because the droid got pushed over yeah everyone was totally chill and then that imperial guy pushes b2 over and then that's when people go fucking crazy you, you don't mess with droids man I, I B two. I feel for B two. He's a he's a cute little guy. I wish that Obi one would have done his death hologram into R two for Luke and everybody. Did he else, have one? No, I, he didn't. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like when Merva did, I'm like, oh man, I'm thinking of like all these other people that could have done these holograms for other people, like Quagon and other people, not just to be a Force ghost, but you, you know, mean like, like a last people, will, a last will type of thing. Uh, like, well, I really like this idea in Star Wars. Well, I, I really appreciated the the funeral traditions, yeah. and it really showed how important Merva, although they didn't explain it very well, it showed how influential Merva was to the entire organization, you know, to the entire planet, or I guess the city at least, um, which begs the question, like, was she kind of someone who passed away that people rallied around, like her, her like kind of like um, Michael Floyd, for example. Mm-hmm. where his death is one of many but this is the one that people or sorry george floyd george floyd. Like michael floyd yeah michael i was thinking of uh somebody else uh mm-hmm. so george floyd murder uh is that what sparks everybody or has it been brewing for a really long time is she particularly important to the whole city it seems like she kind of is kind of isn't uh her speech was but i think that she was also very tactful like throughout the show so 
her her last will served its purpose but at the same time i don't know if most people don't know Just, like qui-gon didn't know when he was gonna die so why, why would he have no. like a last will stored in stored in a, an r2 unit he had met like three days before because this is true this is true he could have found a droid that he was gonna do it in <laughs> that sounds take that out of context yeah take that that. Out of con- yeah so the, the the funeral part i think was was well they did a great they did a fantastic job of building tension with the marching band was really cool. Uh, the stormtroopers setup was really good. The riot was, I thought, was really enjoyable to watch. I just wish it was three episodes earlier. Yeah, I mean, it kind of gets to this, but we had the same thing with She-Hulk, and I know it's a different linear storytelling uh, people have, but um, it's such a... Sh- sometimes, I don't know where the right base is for some of these, because like for Moon Knight, like, this should be longer. You know, for Miss Marvel, like this was perfect. For other stuff, we're like, yeah, I don't like Boba Fett at times, like this could have been shorter. Like this could have been like four episodes for Boba Fett, right? It's mm-hmm. it's really hard to know like where they should put everything into. Well, it makes you wonder what these development stories are like and and the kind of people who I mean, I guess I should put my money where my mouth is. I'd love to be able to kind of sit in the room and just be like, so we're gonna talk about all eight or nine or ten of these people to have them meet at a funeral and then have the one guy you know that serial guy basically do nothing until he saves Deidre and that's it um I liked how his buddy was just getting drunk on the stairs though that was that was (laughs) a plus effort from escaping the riot my friend yeah yeah um and then so what do you think happens with Luthen and uh and Andor then well, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out in two years yeah. when the show, like, the show starts in what? Started filming in like started filming or starts filming like in a month or two. So, uh, yeah, I think it already did started. Yeah, that's that's kind of one of those things where I don't really need to think about it because I know that question is gonna be answered. I have more questions about what happens to Ferrix. Um, what happens to, you know, did uh, did what's his name, Andy Circus's character survive? Um, about Val and Cinta, even though I don't think them as characters, I'm not really that interested in. But at the same time, I just like to know uh, to know what's going on. I want to know what happens on Ferrix. I want to know does the Empire come in and just kick the shit out of them, or is it like this ongoing struggle that other systems, uh, su- uh, you know, apply support to, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So good show uh, overall. I, I mean, I'm not the level that I think everyone like. Some people are like this is one of the best. Star Wars things ever. It's top three. I agree with you. I think there was some stuff that was a little bit lower and stuff. I I enjoyed it. I I still stand. I pers- personally enjoyed Obi Wan more, but I understand people liking the storytelling. Of this the different the different way that it told story. I mean the view the the cinematography that Gilroy did. Oh, it was a lot yeah. different of how everything was done. There's a lot of pros to this show. It was probably the most well crafted of the shows. Um, in terms of cinematography, acting, music, set design. And there is a real, I don't know if those people are still out there, but there is a real feeling within, right after the heist, where this was one of the, one of the most impactful Star Wars properties we've seen in a long time. I think the, yeah. the, the prison episodes, it slowed down significantly. So I'm not going to say that it's you know top three. Uh, it's yeah. definitely in the top half. But the one thing that we're also missing too from this show that other Star Wars shows have had was that 
we're not as emotionally connected to Andor, even though we yeah. really enjoy him as a character. There's there's no way, no way the Andor show would resonate with people the way seeing Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi would. But would, would you say the same thing for Mando? You didn't have a connection to Mando, and that would feel very No, but we also say that Mando's really Mando's a really well done show, right? We yeah. like Mando for different for a different reason than we like Obi-Wan. We like Obi-Wan because as kids we wanted to be Obi-Wan. We never wanted to be Mando because he didn't exist. We also were re- quite emotionally connected to, to Boba Fett's show, and it let us down, even though our emotions are kind of like have told us many, many times over in that show, oh, it's still pretty good, or oh, like he's such a cool character. When in reality, the met the boba fett we see now is kind of a, a dipshit um and we you know you wonder if he should have just been like left to be a background character in uh, return of the jedi but different like andor and and andor and, Ma- and mando are kind of in their one corner of quality storytelling and technical achievement while obi-wan and boba fett are within the emotional range and then what happens is mando kind of gets tied to both because guess what we saw luke skywalker in r2d2 Mm-hmm. and ahsoka tano uh white lotus get in there we're getting there i mean i just the setup so, episode so much for me saying ethan tells the truth all the way and by the way bravo to Devin, giuseppe but i don't giuseppe. think he dies but still i'll give you i'll give you half credit on that well we don't know what's going to happen to him at the end but he did he he took a lot of drugs apparently and they did not do well for him okay so this was the this was the pentamit setup episode, right? This is like the low before just three episodes of four episodes of climax. Um, we could talk about every character individually. There's two things I want to highlight from this episode. First and foremost was was themes, the themes of the water and the eyeballs, like in all the paintings and people looking mm. at each other and staring. Tons of guilt stuff. People doing things they know they shouldn't have. Um, especially with all that with all that with all the paintings like in the church when they were having sex and and things like that um secondly just a couple hilarious singers um one of which was the italian waiter dude with the bald head and the mustache and then jennifer coolidge's character is like is his voice really like that because he sounds like friggin' wario or something like it was, did you do you hear that part no Oh, when they're about to get sit down back. in the beach club, there's this there's this guy standing at the podium to seat you at your table, and he starts speaking, and he has like a cartoon voice. Oh. And Jennifer Coolidge mentions that. Yes. And then secondly, F. Murray Abraham is just king of the world right now. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's great. When he just looked at the way that he looks at the girls and everything like that, his look well, like he does so much uh, just facial acting. Mm. like he doesn't need to steal the scene but he just adds a lot to it when he's uh his his speech about never seeing a naked woman again was just like three minutes of just what this show is about it's just hilarious on so many levels and then he was like i'm jealous of balby and then he goes like father like father like son (laughs) uh and then yeah with ethan like i thought ethan would tell the truth and he just will not do it and it's the thing is like I think what he's doing now is worse. Like if he just said like, Hey, he's like, I guess he's just like the going abiding by the bro code right now. Yeah. Bro code. But like, if he would have just said like, yeah, like he had hookers here and we did too many drugs and it got out of hand and she tried to kiss me and I told her no. 
Harper's going to be pissed, but I think like we were talking about last week, yeah, I think there can be forgiveness down the road of it's just like, that's all that happened. He's like, yes, he fucked on our couch, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it, it's on her too for like, not like, I guess she's just trying to get him to be upfront about stuff. But at this point now she just has to be like, Hey, what the fuck was this condom? And I started yelling at the TV, like, just, just be honest to say that you saw the condom. So this whole show is kind this season is kind of like the, a theme of not saying how they feel yeah. and the different kind of impacts that that has. Um, and some of these characters saying how they feel and not being heard by other people because Portia, for example, has told Albie exactly what she wants and although he kind of heard her he doesn't really get it and now he lost her to this guy that is doing exactly what she wants the british guy now mm-hmm. is it going to work out in the end for them or is this going to be one of those situations where you know she wanted a bad boy and she got him but then he treated her like shit after i have no idea we don't know we're not that far in advance yet one of the, one of two things can happen Either this British nephew guy is really, really nice and they're actually a really, really good fit together. Or he, or no, or he, well, yeah, I guess so. Or he treats her like total shit and just kind of proves to Portia that, uh, you know, bad boys versus good guys, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because he's done everything he needed to do. He slept with her. So now everything from here, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, does he actually care about her or was she just another number or notch on the belt? Yeah. Um, the the Ethan and Harper stuff is both of them they seem they both since the very beginning of the show they both seem really unhappy and they're almost like going through the motions of like pretending that they're not like other couples and that they don't need to like hold hands in public because they don't they aren't that kind of person yeah. and in reality it seems like they're both kind of craving something more from each other and they're not finding it. And then there is a scene when they're at dinner after Harper found the condom and uh, whatever his buddy's name is, I can't remember at the top of my head. It's just eye fucking her, Mm -hmm. which is setting the stage for like, Oh, she, so in her mind, Ethan cheated on her when he didn't, but neither of them are going to talk about it. So she's going to revenge, revenge, fuck, uh his her her husband's friend from college yeah because she knows that he cheats on daphne and daphne is randomly okay with it so it's like a free pass for her i think there's like a 20 percent chance of a three-way i think they partner swap kind of i think that's more i think that's a 20 percent chance of partner swapping yeah yeah i think something freaky is about to happen there but Ethan, Ethan, like part of his character, and I guess you can kind of we we can compare and contrast. What's his friend's name? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll Google it. Let me see here. Daphne's husband, whatever, whatever his name is. Um, they're basically opposites because his friend says what he wants all the time, and Ethan is kind of stuck in this situation where, like, yeah, he's rich now, but like he's like kind of got no balls. Him and Albie are kind of the same, where like they're highly successful, really smart, and like seem like the perfect catch, but yet can't please anybody. Friend is who's the friend? Uh, Cameron. 
Cameron, thank you. Cameron's like the alpha, you know, he's like an alpha male kind of thing. Ethan isn't. And it seems like Ethan's wife, Harper, is kind of like, well, there's a lot of, I'm starting to see some issues with that. Mm. Not that she wants it. I don't know. Maybe she's like, she's just curious and then it's going to happen. And then she's going to go, wow, like I, that was amazing. Everything I wanted it to be, or I feel like a total piece of shit right now because I cheated on my husband and he didn't. I, that's, that's in reality, that's probably where it's going to happen is she's going to sleep with Cameron. Yeah. He's going to find out they're going to fight about it. And she's like, well, you slept with whoever when I was gone. He's like, no, I didn't. He cheated on, on his wife and I was just there. And she's going to feel like total shit now. Yeah. That I can see that happening. Cause that's the show is funny. Cause these people go down these paths and nothing saves them. No. Well, anyways, I, what are what are your thoughts? I think, I think you kind of nailed a lot of that. I mean, I wonder what will happen with Lucille and and I'll be next. Like, is that oh, Lucia? Is, yeah. Lucia. Yeah. Lucia. Like it is. And by the way, not to jump around quick. I called the concierge being openly gay, uh, hidden in the closet a little bit. In the closet, in the closet. Yeah, yeah. definitely. There yeah, was, I'll, I'll come was back there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, does she, I think she actually wants to be with him because I like she, some. she kind of, I think she, after being kicked out of the hotel and everything that's been going on, I think she's just kind of like, I'm just kind of sick of this life. And now her friend's like, well, no, fuck it. I want this life. Yeah, that was, that's really, that's a great observation. The hard part with Lucia or Lucia as, as a character is she's used to pretending to be interested in people so that they pay her yeah and if you hear about the conversations that they're having when she meets albie for the first time he talks about being at stanford he talks about living in la and that's a ticket out for her so if she just pretends to like him to get out of sicily to then move to the united states and then like you know is kind of like a trophy wife or a mail order bride situation like isn't that her doing kind of you know, maybe, you know, we don't know if she actually likes Albie. We just know that she kind of used him. Mm -hmm. She could be using him to get back to the dad. I, well, I don't know if she knows. No, I don't think so. There. No, I don't, I don't she think she has any, there. I don't think she has any ill feelings. And she hasn't really seen him. They haven't really, because when he's sitting on the beach chair, she goes, oh, I've seen you around. But she doesn't say like, oh, I know who your dad is. Because I don't think mm -hmm. they've really carefully in the show. Um I think Albie and Bert were standing at the top of the stairs talking and then they had just left and Lucia had walked up the stairs. Yeah. So there's all these things of like chance encounters where they didn't really actually meet. So she wouldn't know that he's his dad until they're at dinner together. And then maybe he goes, dad, I'd like you to meet Lucia. Then they have to pretend to not know each other. And then, which is going to happen because Bert recognizes her because he was like, she's half naked in my hotel room. Mm. Right. And so is Bert going to like shut his mouth or is Bert going to like try to get to the bottom of this and be like, well, why did she come out of your room? Why is my grandson dating her? Mm -hmm. And why did I see her naked in my room? Yeah. Classic. A lot. Classic family sleeping with the same hooker. <laughs> just, just a story like any other day. A tale as old as time. It was old as time. But they're, I they're, uh, they're the three of those, those that family's storyline is becoming more important to me as the show goes on yeah and then the uh the concierge um i don't know what's gonna happen there but like i said i 
I kind of read a little bit of that energy there from the coffee stand, the previous one, when she was sick of men mm. and everything like that. Sure. Um, I don't know where that's going to go. I don't think the other uh, hotel employee, I don't think she is gay. So I think it's going to yeah. be kind of awkward and in for heartbreak for her, unfortunately. Do you think she'll go off the deep end kind of like Armand did in the other no, one? No, because we know that she's there to collect the bodies. No, I mean, like, do you think she just... Oh, she's... like, go, like, do drugs and stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Not do drugs, but I'm, I'm just mean, like, do you think she'll be, like, an emotional wreck and then just, like, have this path of destruction around her and then it ends up with people dying? Maybe. That almost seems too predictable. I don't know if you want to go down the same path again, but I guess we can't rule it out. It'd be really funny if just every White Lotus is run by, like, like these people who have, like, these intense mental problems, and then they like just People are going to be like, what does die? Mike White have against LGBT people? maybe well uh, yeah. to be fair that there the beach party was seemed like a lot of fun yeah it's true and and jennifer coolidge's character she loves the gays well think of it she kind of mentioned this earlier where like she's like women are drips and she said that like these guys like they're just nice and there's nothing really there's nothing um hidden under the surface about them and i think what really attracted her to those people originally was they talked about having a boat Mm-hmm. and what that signaled to me was that they're well off enough to have a boat therefore if they're well off and she's well off they're not going to try to use her yeah like whatever her, her husband's name is yeah the past that you've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so i think that's why she and you know initially say like they obviously complimented her she's feeling down she needs you know affirmation she had a great time and then it was like damn like not only are they really nice to me but they're also rich so they don't care if i have money yeah 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 it was, i mean it's it's the show's going by so fast it's kind of sucks like how fast it's going by yeah this show is definitely has a really fast pace to it unlike three episodes andor. left three episodes left unlike andor this the show really moves yeah it, i mean it's just kind of one of those things like i want to be here longer like i don't want to leave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like that's that's the really unfortunate part about it but i i do think we're leading down the road of a lot of stuff and i think unlike the first season of white lotus which was good like i think i'm more driven like you know the sydney sweeney stuff with her friend and the resort and the stealing was like okay whatever like it was there yeah this one like every single storyline i'm pretty invested in jennifer cool is probably the least but every storyline I'm invested of like, where are we going? Yeah, hundred percent. Maybe because we got a little bit of a taste of what the show's capable of in the first season. Yeah. We like what we, we it, it goes to show in the first first podcast we did when the show was out, we talked about who's gonna die. And we're yeah. trying to we're trying to predict all these plot points, which is really fun. And yeah, we keep on forgetting about like the death part of it. We don't know if we're gonna be right or wrong, but we're just having fun with the show because under the air of it all they're also you know for as serious as some of these some of these problems are some of this dramatic stuff is the show's just kind of dark and kind of funny yeah mike white's done a very good job so far with it yeah now where's the next one uh yeah that's just got renewed for season three there's a lot of costa rica buzz going around okay costa rica buzz going i i agree number one we need more people of color next time. Like, yeah, I, I know like there's a whole dynamic of white privilege and stuff going on here and I get it, but I do want to see more people of color. I'm sick of just seeing these all white casts 
all the time. So hopefully that's my one caveat that we get next time is that we have a little bit more diversity on the show. And I, I get where he's going with everything of trying to do that. But yeah, we need to get away from having such a white cast. Well, if we have it somewhere where, you know, we, if we have it somewhere with, with quote unquote minority people to us, but like, let's say it's in the Caribbean, for example. Yeah. The Caribbean people would just be all the workers and the concierge anyways. So yeah. is, does that change anything if it's all a bunch of white people or British yeah. people or European yeah, sure. people going, going to a resort in the Caribbean for two weeks? Hard to say. Yeah. Uh, and then on the side, um, so spirited the Farrell and Ryan Reynolds movie. It's a nice twist on Charles Dickens Christmas uh, story there. It's like, uh, I think I gave it on Letterboxd like three and a half out of five. I've literally never heard of it until just now. Yeah, it's on Apple. Uh, Disenchantment, the uh, the Disney movie sequel to Enchanted is on Disney. It's a, Both these have a lot of singing in them, so you do not like musicals. I would suggest you stay away from them. I don't and, really. It's so perfect. Yeah. And then uh, Mighty Ducks is just putting a lawn. It's been pretty fun. And then uh, the Santa Claus show with Tim Allen. Um, had one joke that some people didn't really like in there. But uh, I, other than that, it's uh, it's been perfectly fine. Now, is Santa the Santa Claus Claus is, whatever the show is called, is it weekly Claus. or is it all at once? Weekly. And how many are there? I have no idea. Let's, see, let's go with eight. Okay. And there were there was at least two movies. Were there not three? Three, yeah. I I don't know if I ever saw three. Three had Martin Short in it. Was he like Jack Frost or whatever? Yeah, six episodes, by the way. Oh, okay. But it's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, the, the joke that I'm talking about is they're at the table and he's like, Well, some people don't even say happy Christmas anymore. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. I get it. it. Whatever, it's not the big of a deal. I, I oh, get it from yeah. from from Santa maybe saying that. I understand it maybe. I don't. Sure. Know. Yeah. From a Santa point of view, I don't know. And it has Cal Penn in it, and it seems like we're setting up for Cal Penn to be the next Santa Claus. I got no problem with that. That's yeah. fine. You do whatever you want. Yeah. And uh, that is about it. So we will uh, get out of here, and uh, we will see everyone next week when we have uh, well, no more Disney Plus shows for this year. So it's uh, all White Lotus all the time. Well, for the next three weeks, then we got yeah. then we got nothing. Then we got season, then we got year in review stuff. Never yeah. ends, does it? It never ends. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, folks. Cheers. Cheers.